point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed works. Greed clarifies, cuts through, and captures the essence of the evolutionary spirit. Greed in all of its forms. Greed for life, for money, for love, knowledge, has marked the upward surge of mankind. And greed, you mark my words, will not only save Teldar paper, but that other malfunctioning corporation called the USA. Thank you very much. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. What do you think of that? I'm Greg. That was a good. That was good. Should I run with that? Yeah. One of your better Gregs. Thank you. Yeah. You're drinking wine. I'm drinking coffee. I, I was just saying as we set up our micro of my phones, I'm, I, quite, I, I can't quite reconcile our time difference. It's an unusual. Yeah, same. That's why I had a last minute panic and I was like, wait, yeah. we're potting today, right? Because I, I can't, I feel like I did know, but I wasn't confident. Yeah. Seeing you drink a wine is confusing. I'm nursing somewhat of a hangover being a Sunday, Sunday yeah. morning and all. And I'm, I'm creating And you're a working hangover. on a hangover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're settling in over there? You're, you're feeling, you're sounding pretty, do I, do I see a bracelet? Are you wearing a bracelet? Are you embracing? I was wearing, I've been wearing that for a long time. It's my little. Is that a tennis? Is that a tennis bracelet? Ara's cousin made bracelets during lockdown. One for me, one for Ara. My one has an A for Ara and a love heart for love. Ah, oh, that's nice. Hey, we're in week two of our uh, New York miniseries. Yeah. What you did know, we do last week? We did uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, and uh, this week we're doing Wall Street. Mm. Uh, but you know, the, the, the miniseries, of course, is called. Films in which New York is sort of kind of a main character, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I think it changes every time I say it. But yeah. yeah. Well, Thereabouts. In and around. In and, and around. Such. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, Wall Street is, you know, that's in New York. Exactly. The, the title, it, it's there as a street. That's true, actually. It's a title. A street is the title character. Yeah. Actually, I might add that to. Oh, that should we be could part add of our that. criteria. We, that should be name? part of the criteria. This is. Is it on the tin? Is it on the tin? <laughs> tap 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 tap. Capture that for later. What year did this one come out, Greg? This came out in 1987. Oh, that's a long time ago. I feel like we haven't. I don't know. Maybe I'm just tripping. But it feels like we've. It's been a little while since we've been to the 80s. Am I? Am I? Am I wrong in saying that? It feel I maybe, but I feel the same. We can be wrong together. Yeah, well, we are. <laughs> We're podcasters. Most of the time. Yeah. We're a couple of guys. A couple of guys. So 1987 uh, was the release of this film. Coincidentally, 1987 uh, has one of the more infamous stock market crashes, Black Monday. You've probably heard of this. I have, only recently because there was a TV show. There is a t- isn't it like Don Cheadle or someone? Yeah, Don Cheadle, Paul, Sh- Paul Shear, who we're trying, been trying to get on the podcast. Um, but we Who? have this issue where he doesn't return my emails. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? He is a comedian Paul slash Schmier. actor. <laughs> Paul, Paul Shear. Paul Shear. 
Schmier. He's the he's the he's uh he does the podcast How Did This Get Made, which is about the bad movies. But then he also does a movie a, a podcast called Unspooled, which is about the good movies. Okay. And you know, it'd be great to have him as a guest here. if you're listening. Um he's almost certainly not. Yeah, he's sort of covering off I've I've got the bald thing covered. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. Schmear. You can schmear elsewhere, champ. Yeah. But the issue with that TV show, Greg, I think it's one of those TV shows where it started where it was supposed to be like about Black Monday and then it just kind of, it seemed like it became more of just a straight up comedy as the episodes went on and didn't really oh, cover. It's a well, it didn't seem to be at the start. but Is, yeah. it, a, is it a black comedy? I guess. Yeah, we didn't have the buttons. I'm really missing that drum roll, <laughs> drum snap. But so, yeah. what what actually happened on Black Monday? Though? Well, it's a very good question, Tristan, <laughs> because if you'd asked me a couple of days ago, I'd probably give you the same answer as now. I'm not really that sure. Yeah. So I tried to look. I, I, okay, I found a video. Let's play the video. Okay. And then come back to it. Okay. Okay. It's one minute, everyone. You're gonna maybe learn something, maybe not. October 19th, 1987, a day that would come to be known as Black Monday. The Dow plunged 22.6%. It had never happened before. It's still the biggest one-day percentage loss of all time. And it was blamed on a number of factors. Heightened hostilities in the Persian Gulf, fear of higher interest rates, a five-year bull market without a significant correction at all, and program trading. But really, the word you heard over and over again This is a panic. People were panicking. This nosedive was pure investor panic. Well, panic is the only way to describe what happened on Wall Street today. Panic. That's a big part of what separates a crash from just a really bad day on Wall Street. When emotion takes over, when trading is no longer calm or orderly, that's when Black Mondays are born. Okay, so my takeout. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's your takeout? So... I, I don't. I didn't understand what triggered it initially, but conceptually, the idea that it's the belief that powers something's happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's something in there, right? Which is fascinating because yeah, there was a South Park episode on that during the global financial crisis, and it was like a parody of religion and about like you just need to have faith. Like you need to. They need to believe in the economy again, um, which I thought was quite cool. Yeah. And perhaps very astute on their part. Probably. On their part. It normally is. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if in doubt, I mean, it's astute. Trey Parker and Matt Stone are the astute men of our generation. Oh, man. Man, it doesn't get they more astute than it. that. Yeah, it just seems like a, basically a bunch of people started selling shit so everyone jumped on the sell wagon. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, it dropped 20%. I was like, have, these guys haven't heard of crypto, have they? Because isn't a 20%... <laughs> Yeah. Swing like a, a day in the life of a crypto trader. And in crypto there's like there I don't I don't know much about it, but I know enough to sound like an idiot. And there, yeah. there's something they do in, in crypto where like all the people in the know dump on the same day to drop the price yeah. and then buy back in. Mm. So it's like this Yeah, Musk does that, doesn't he? With the with the dog coin. Man, that's the crazy thing too. Like when you're a Musk or someone and man, I mean, nothing, nothing, fuck, it's a good, very stood on your part, Greg, because nothing demonstrates the value of belief than crypto. Um, being, being a new currency, it makes you super conscious of how much any currency is really just the fact that you be- believe that it's currency. 
Yeah, absolutely. And um, Mermaid constructs, man. <laughs> and in the fact that the, the old mate, Musk, can just like make a joke on SNL and it drops, you know, 100% or whatever it dropped. Yeah. Th- then you can just manipulate the market yourself and like it's well, crazy. Exactly. And someone was arguing to me, they were like, oh, it's a better form because it's not, it's not manipulated and controlled the same way the stock market is. I'm like, but it is. It's just more... It's just less regulated and they're doing more blunt. Yeah. They're just doing it more easily. Yeah. I think long term as it starts to like, I mean, thing like Dogecoin, it's, they're, they're so volatile, but the main ones are less so. But I mean, I guess they're still pretty volatile relative to stocks. But um, yeah, yeah. Anywho. Anywho. So that, that happened. That happened like uh, I think it was... Like two months after the, well, before two months before the release of this film or something. Fuck! It would be funny if it was after, and that this film was like partially responsible. Well, I've got a bit on that. Oh yeah, like a bit later. Nice. Yeah, nice. I, got, I, got, I got a bit on that. Okay. 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 What are the what influence this film had, good or bad? Good or bad. But that's it. Black oh. Monday. If you if you I don't I've heard of it, uh, and now I realise it wasn't much of a thing. Yeah. It was like just a bit of a thing. With a catchy a name. Just a good name. Mm, good name. Very good name. That's how these things catch show. on. It was, yeah, exactly. It was, it was a big year for Black Tuesday for the stock market. in Australia. Oh, I guess you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if you're wondering. <laughs> hey, it was a big year for movies, Greg. Was it? Well, yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> big year for stocks. Yeah. The number one movie in the world was Fatal Attraction. Oh, I don't think I even know what that is. I think I just think of Basic Instinct all the time when I think of that. That's is he in that? Yeah, he's the guy. Oh, he is. Okay, maybe that's why I get it all mixed up. Oh, sorry for the for the listeners that Greg was doing his uh, gross Michael Douglas mouth. His lips are reaching out to grab you, even when he doesn't want to. His <laughs> he, lips are like no, he no, looks no, I'm, like I'm this sound. <laughs> <laughs> World's horniest man. Yeah, he's he's the guy. He has an affair in that um, with uh, Glenn Close, oh. uh, and then she she goes after him. Does she boil his and bunny, he, or is that something else? She does. Oh. No, yeah, she boils his little. His daughter has a pet bunny, and she throws it in a big pot of water. Shit. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop Two, Dirty oh. Dancing, uh, oh. Three Men and a Baby, which we covered. Good Morning Vietnam. Oh. Uh, the Predator, Lethal Weapon. These are just some of the movies that came out in uh, 1987. You've given us a nice taste there. That's a, I'm, I'm enjoying I, I like all those movies. They're all, all uh, bona fide classics. Yeah, they are. But there was one film that came mm-hmm. out in uh, yeah. 1987. It came in at the number 25 film in the world in, with regard to global box office, and that film was called Wall Street. Uh, so this film came out in December 1987. Budget of $16.5 million with a gross return of $43.8 million. Not bad. Put it in number 25. You know, not mm. bad. Um, not bad. Rotten Tomatoes scores. Let's take a look at those. Critic score of 79%. Audience score of 81%. I love it when they're, you know, like close enough. It's harmonious. Yeah. 
It's like we all agree. It, no, people don't agree enough these days. <laughs> they don't. It's the, it's the world we live in. People don't like to agree. Yeah. You, actually, you have to do a well actually all the time. Um, critic consensus uh, goes as follows. With Wall Street, Oliver Stone delivers a blunt but effective and thoroughly well acted Jeremiad. Don't know what that is. Jeremiad? Jeremiad? Against its era's veneration of mm. greed as a means to its own end. Mm. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I can agree or not with that because I don't know what Jeremiad means. Yeah, it makes it hard, doesn't it? And I don't want to find out. I'd rather move on. <laughs> I reckon this is one of those movies that's – I was doing my synopsis and, you know, it's just one of those movies that smarter people would have said smarter things about. So <laughs> I'm not really going to try. Yeah, that's interesting. I could just see some – some critics with their penis in one hand and their pen in the other just going, oh, yes, it's very intelligent. Uh, Jerem, Jerem bomb. What? Oh, my kids are screaming. Can you hear my kids in the background? Yeah, a little bit. Are they coming through? Just then. Uh, <laughs> was this a big movie for you? <laughs> oh, that's what I was going to say. I, I'd never really had much to do with this movie and so I didn't know what the Rotten Tomatoes scores were going to be and that kind of thing. So I was never really – I know this was a classic in terms of – Everyone knows it, but I wasn't sure if it's like a classic critically or if it's just like people love it because mm, yeah, I don't know, Michael Douglas does gross things in it or if it's like a bro movie where it's like, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, so it was interesting to see those scores. Was it – so was it a big movie for you? It was like – no. No. It wasn't. I've since watched it and, uh, and I yeah, I, I like this movie. Yeah. Um, and I, so, but I think when I was young, it had Michael Douglas. Yeah. So anything when I was young that had Michael Douglas was an adult it was movie. Naughty, a bit naughty. It was a bit naughty. Yeah. Anything with Michael Douglas was like an adult film. So this was certainly in that category. It was it looked very serious. Yeah. Yeah. And they were in suits and you know suspenders and things. Charlie, you know, a lot of scowling. Yeah. A lot of scowling going on. Mm. Well, Charlie Sheen kind of has one look. There wasn't a lot in this for a kid, would you say? This isn't a kid's movie at all. Yeah. What you, what's a kid going to get out of this? Nothing. Absolutely not. And um, They don't go to any toy stores. <laughs> and it's not, it's no like, there's no naughtiness a, a, a young man might be interested in getting his eyes on. We'll get into the rewatch, yeah. but I was expecting that there would be. I'll come, we'll, come, can we, we'll come back to that. I've got a bone to pick with it. Oliver Stone on that. I'm sure Michael Douglas was, you know, in there making suggestions too. I just think yeah. I should be having sex in this movie. Yeah. Whilst talking to Bud. <laughs> you know, like that would be mad. Like like just giving him one of those conversations he could have been sexing yeah. whilst having that exactly. conversation. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're on the same page. We're on the same page. <laughs> should I get into the origin story of this picture? Yes, please. Okay. Okay. (laughs) How how did it come to be? (laughs) Origin story. So this is an Oliver Stone film. So Platoon came out in 86. Big success, huge Mm. success. And he had a had a film school friend, Stanley Weiser, Weiser, who would go on to be (laughs) co-writer of this film. And they wanted they wanted to work on Ah. something together. And they initially were researching to write a screenplay about quiz show scandals in the 1950s. I don't know. I think hot topic. I think it was like it's been done to death, though. <laughs> yeah, perhaps <laughs> that's the next miniseries. Um, 
I think it was one of those strike while the iron type thing. Platoon, you know, it's hot. Let's go make something. Um, needless to say, they didn't make anything in that world. What ended up happening during some story conference? I don't know what that means. A story conference? Stone suggested making a film about Wall Street instead. And um, I like the sound of a story conference. I'd go to one. Story by? Yeah, story by conference. <gasps> That's what we need. Let's story do some intel on that. Yeah. Maybe that's my tax write-off trip. I'm going to write it off. <laughs> you just write it, it off. write it off. You just write it off. You just write it off. <laughs> it's doing the rounds on social at the moment. Where was that from? It must be. Is it, is it end of tax time uh, in America? No. I think they do calendar year. Someone, do they? Oh, wait. Uh, so it is. Um, yeah, so it is. Well, it was. They were um, – it's a Seinfeld thing and people have been sharing it on social just like tax time. And like, you just write it off. And Jerry's to Kramer, do you even know what that means? He's like, they do. They're the ones doing it. Anyway, very good. I just ruined it. But sorry. Where were we? Where were we? Wall Street. Oh, yeah, because Stone wanted to make this film as a tribute to his father, yeah, Lou Stone, who was a stockbroker during – you know, the, the much worse version of Black Monday, the Great Depression. Yeah. The awful depression, more like. It is an interesting choice of words. <laughs> you got to stay positive, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. It's great. It was great. He was a stockbroker at Hayden Stone, which I assume he was. Mm. He must have made partner to get his name on the building. It's a cool, it's a cool name, Hayden, Hayden Stone. Stone. Hey, I'm Hayden Stone. Um, what about Buddy Fox? We'll I'd that. rather be Hayden Stone. Buddy Fox is a porn star, surely. What a weird yeah. choice. Well, apparently his name was originally something more Jewish and Oliver Stone wanted to change it to not reinforce stereotypes. But so it gave mm. him a porn star name instead. Bud Foxstein. It looks like one of those made-up names where he's looking around the room. Uh, <laughs> Buddy Love. <laughs> ah, George Glass. Yeah, George Glass. <laughs> What? From, what was that from? Is that from the Brady Bunch? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. And, yeah. And she makes up a boyfriend. The Brady Bunch movie, which is funny. We should do wow. that. We should do that. Wow. We definitely should do that. The first Brady Bunch movie is funny and one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast back in the day. And the second one is not got, so good. Yeah. The dad is that guy. Yeah, he's good. He's always good. He's, he's good. always good. <laughs> George Glass. Oh, this is a, it's a made up point. This is a tangential episode. Yeah, that's what we do when we don't have many notes. Yeah, I got heaps of notes. These, they're just coming out in various forms already. <laughs> um, <They're> leaking. <laughs> All right, so we've got George Glass at Story by Conference. Yeah. Uh, inspired by his dad, Lou Glass. He initially <laughs> wanted the premise of two investment partners getting involved in, a, in questionable financial dealings mm. um, and they're kind of being chased by a prosecutor which, you know, didn't quite, wasn't quite what we ended up with. He did know a New York businessman apparently who was making millions, uh, millions of dollars but then made mistakes and, you know, cost him everything, yada, yada, yada. So th- that idea started to frame up what he wanted to do. Um, with the idea that he would redeem himself in the third act, which, side note, was gotcha. a bit of a plot twist to me. I didn't think this was going to be that kind of movie. Mm. But, yeah, apparently they also read The, Gate, the Great Gatsby at some point um, to see what material they could use, which I guess is maybe where all the sport stuff came from. Come on, sport. Douglas always calls him sport. Oh, right. He does. Is that a, is that a 
Fitzgerald. I think so. Ism, is it? I think. No, I haven't read it. Neither, neither have I. I watched the film. Uh, there's some decent precasties here. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So Gordon Gecko was, I think it was offered to Warren Beatty, and he said no. Uh-huh. Um, Richard Gere was mm-hmm. involved at some point. Um, Bud, Tom Cruise wanted in, but apparently it was too late. Yeah. Uh, which makes sense. Tom Cruise would have been perfect. Yeah, it makes sense. It's almost too perfect. Like it's 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 cocktail again, you know. Yeah, like yeah. That New York Insert. Trip. Yeah. Um, or the firm. Matthew Modine turned it down. Mm-hmm. Um, Matthew Modine is an interesting fellow. I've come to realize he wears a bandana a lot, which is interesting. Yeah, curious. Sheen obviously was cast, and he had the choice of 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 whomst would play his dad, uh, either Jack Lemmon. Or his dad, mm. um, and he he chose his dad, I suppose. Nice, nice touch. I mean, what a touch! I didn't know he was going to be in it. It was great. More on that later. Yeah. Um, and it was originally called Greed. Bish bash bosh. Got yourself a mm. movie rap party at some strip club somewhere in downtown. Some yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's play the trailer. From the director of Platoon, the next battle is in the greatest jungle of them all. Wall Street. We're going down the drain, okay? The stock is plummeting. When it hits 18, buy it all. Something big is going down. I want you to fill out the missing picture. Mr. Gecko, that's not exactly what I do. Where you can trade your honor. I can, I can lose my license. That's inside information. For power. If you're not inside, you are outside. I want you with me, buddy. I'm with you, Gordon. Trade your peace of mind. Just the beginning, pal. If any trouble does arise, you are on your own. The trail does stop with you. For a piece of the action. A hundred million dollars, buddy. All it takes is a little inside information. I don't care where or how you get it. I think you owe me. And you can trade everything you believe in. It's you and you can, but you're too blind to see it. For everything you've ever wanted. I get a strange call from the SEC. This is heavy, bud. Why do you need to wreck this company? Because it's wreckable, all right? Michael Douglas, Charlie Sheen, Daryl Hannah, Martin Sheen, and Oliver Stone film Wall Street. Good trailer. Yeah, I'll sprinkle a bit more on there. Um, yeah. Look, Tristan, Bud Fox, he has ambition. Mm. Ambition to be wealthy. Yeah. He's a little rough around the edges, but he knows he wants the finer things in life. Yeah. Italian suits, suits. Yeah. Postmodern art, fine champagne, home sushi maker. Mm. His ambition leads him to Gordon Gecko, <laughs> top gun investment type man. Yeah, he looks like a lizard too. Mm, yeah, well, well named. Yeah. And Bud will stop Bud will stop at nothing to get his attention and Gecko admires his persistence and he gives him a chance. Yeah. And before you can say bye bye sell, bye sell, <laughs> Bud is swept up in Gecko's world and he likes it. But Tristan, yeah. He's about to find out. Oh, whoa. He's about to find out that every decision, every trade as a consequence. Just how far will Bud go? All the way. Welcome to the limit, Bud. Welcome to the limit. 
<laughs> Wall Street, a cautionary tale on greed? Question mark? Or a blueprint for the life that you want? Ah. Ooh. You decide. You decide. You decide. Or so s- my move to New York, you know, I don't have a full-time job yet. I'm, I'm, I'm doing some, uh, some projects, freelance. Mm. Yeah, but maybe I should pursue the Wall Street dream. I think, it, I think it's an option. Yeah, I could get one of those shirts with a collar that's a different color to the rest of the shirt. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could get some suspenders. I could plaster the walls to look like marble. <laughs> <laughs> I could, I could get a nigiri making machine and have oh, sushi. My goodness, and spaghetti bolognese together. <laughs> Did you see the meal they had? Man, he's making what the, about the wine, and then and then, <laughs> and then he pours spaghetti. this like ruby red, strawberry <laughs> yeah. red wine. I'm like, yeah. that doesn't look like a good drop. It's quite jammy. It's a jammy little number. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're having ribena, and they're basically yeah. having ribena. Oh <laughs> uh, man, I could sushi go some and spaghetti bolognese. I said to you already. I spoiled my own joke, but gosh darn it, that scene looked like a Viennetta ad. If he, this would be oh a perfect film if, like, for dessert they break out the Viennetta. Man, oh, that would have been pens down. We're done. Uh, do you think that was on the mood board for the look and feel of the film? They had the Viennetta ad. A hundred percent. They had to. They had to. They must have. Well, we talked a little bit about this, and who makes Viennetta? <gasps> Fuck, you're right. Okay, so in Australia, the company that makes Viennetta is called Streets. Wall Streets. And, and then in Europe, I think, or maybe in the US, it's called Walls. Yeah. Wall Street. Wall Streets. Viennetta. Viennetta. Illuminati. There, it's like branded content. <laughs> Actually, interestingly, I, I started watching the sequel this week as well. It's oh, pretty yeah. shit, actually. Um, sorry. Yeah. Are we allowed to say that? I don't know. I didn't like it that yeah. much. Okay. I don't know. My opinion doesn't matter, so whatever. But I it wasn't enjoying it. It had low Rotten Tomatoes. It did. Yeah. I can't remember it, what. There was a lot of brands, brands in there. So there's this sort of like fancy scene where he's like doing fancy things and he goes and buys a big rock for his um, for his ever-depressed Kerry Mulligan. Oh, uh, Tiffany's and, or something. Uh, Bulgari and then uh, like they're pouring like the Moet, like, Slow-mo at the club with the beautiful girls. That's an you know, interesting the, point, man. There weren't really any brands in this. Missed like, opportunity. Car. Like you could imagine them shopping around Wall Street, shopping Wall Street 2 around town, like trying to get brands involved, like pitching it as a James Bond-esque vehicle for mm. premium brands. Uh, that's yeah, That's kind of interesting. It's an interesting spot to put your brand because the film is meant to be kind of saying that shit. Like, don't, I think it don't is, chase right? those isn't things. That the whole isn't I, I kind of took that out of it. Um, it's, it's it's saying that lifestyle is not desirable, basically, mm, right? Yeah, but it but it is, but it like, is. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of the thing. It's how, like how fucking like you know Wall Street, uh, not Wall Street, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. You know, mm. the, theoretically, there there's some kind of moral to the story, perhaps, but like most people that watch it, it's like, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> what so. Adventure. This is an interesting point. So I remember I was at Ivy one night, um, going back a while. Don't judge me. Ivy's like a yeah. big 
club in the in the city here, like full of brokers and things. Yeah. And it was a Wednesday night. This was going back, you know, 15 years probably. Yeah. And I ran into a couple of mates that I hadn't seen. I was like, oh, what do you guys do? Like it's pretty random to run into people there on a Wednesday night. Yeah. And um, and they're like, oh, Jordan Belfort's here. We've, we've come to see him speak. I'm like, what, that, that crook that like ripped all those people <laughs> off? I'm like, yeah. So this was before the film. Yeah. Um, oh, right. And he just got out of jail or I can't remember what the timings exactly were, but effectively yeah. people were he, – he basically is a – before the film he was still a very big sort of, you know, celebrity in that world. So all these yeah. like wannabe broker types would go and see him speak and I was like because he – Sell me this pen. Yeah, sell me this pen. Exactly. And I was like, I, I was like, huh. So all these people basically going frothing over this guy that – effectively, you know, ruined hundreds or thousands of people's lives by taking all their money, conning them yeah. out of their hard-earned money. Yeah. I just find that alone fascinating. And that was kind of the point I was making at the end of the synopsis, well, the thing at the end of the synopsis there, where this was sort of made as a cautionary tale and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The, you know, the the archetype of uh, 80s capitalism greed pinnacles, you know, as we, yeah. as we move into post-capitalism or whatever. And a lot of people just say to Michael Douglas and, and uh, Charlie Sheen, said, oh, man, to, you inspired yeah. me to get into <laughs> trading. Yeah. It's so funny. I mean, I guess it is one of those things, again, like Wolf of Wall Street, and again, I know yeah, that's a Wolf per- of that's, Wall Street. That's kind of like a perfect example, isn't it? That's a yeah, more modern and, version. And I, I guess they show that he doesn't really suffer many consequences. But I, I would say that overall the film takes a bit of a stance in saying – it doesn't say this is good stuff, but mm. it does glamorize the lifestyle, I suppose. Yeah, which, and it's probably pretty honest, like yeah. at the same time, because these guys probably were having a lot of fun. They had a shitload of money and yeah, they had fun. And you know, when we did Scarface too, we um I think we both kind of realized, oh, this isn't like I, I don't know, watching it as a kid, you're like, yeah, Scarface. I want to be like Scarface. Yeah. And then you watch it as an adult, you're like, oh wait, this is saying what a terrible decision, a terrible path you went down. But most people hit the astute button. If I had, the yeah, board here. Oh, most people. I mean, there's definitely an audience there that still thinks that is like the life, man. Like that's what I want. It's like that's what you want. He died. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? I, he killed. A, did he kill kids? I can't remember. It was about to. Like, he did something. It was like pretty that. bad. Yeah, but you know what? I was thinking. You know, I said in the in the synopsis as well. Welcome to the limit. Do you feel that this mm. film missed out on having a trading montage? Fuck, man, yeah. Because with that Welcome whole... to the Limit playing. Yeah, so it's not in this. Because when you kept singing that, I was like, oh, maybe that's in this film, and I forgot. I didn't think it. I don't think it is. Yeah, okay. But it, it should. It should be like I'm going to call Mr. Stone. Story by. You know, a mint addendum. Yeah, and there's like you know people like hanging up the phone and going pointing. Someone's writing it on the whiteboard, like another one. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. Papers and then and papers then the shuffling, bossy. spinning on their the- chairs. <laughs> and Michael, oh Alex P. Keaton. Yeah, <laughs> you get the Alex P. Keaton move. Pen in pen in the mouth. Yeah, maybe throwing and a then ball corner the of wall. his eye. The old guy watching, like watching from afar, going a little nod. Oh yeah, okay. Maybe a shake of the head. You know, like because you got to. I always, I always knew you were rotten. Is that what he says at the end? What a piece of shit! I hate that guy. 
<laughs> How about John C. McGinley? Is that his name? He does. He he's been the same. the same age. He looks the same forever. It's weird because he's got like a receding hairline, but then mm. it hasn't. He's not bald now. It's just, just stayed there. It just stopped there. How do you do that? I don't know. I got a mate like that. Yeah, interesting. Hey, what did you think of this movie? What did you like it? Yeah. Oh, sorry. We've already gone down some rabbit holes, haven't we? Yeah. I liked it. It was a bit different to what I was expecting. I think I was expecting more of a Wolf of Wall Street where there is no seeking redemption really and in this there really is. Like the third act is like him coming good, which mm. I was really surprised by. I thought it was just going to go all in. And I think maybe that's just, yeah, the impression that I had of this movie was that it's like, oh, yeah, let's be bad men kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, I was quite surprised by that. And I guess I was quite surprised by how tame it was overall. Not morally, but just in terms of the excess yeah. we saw was quite like there's no, not there's that no cocaine. excessive. There's there's one little bit of cocaine. He does a bump. Is there? Maybe. Oh, in the, yeah. Or maybe Oliver Stone was getting sober then or something. That could it's, be interesting. It's interesting. There is the, the 80s babe that she's not a babe at all. And I don't mean this in a sexist way. I just mean it in like there's this thing they do in movies where like check out this babe. And you're like, but but she's not a is she a babe? Was that the girl he sends around to the house? Yeah. I'd be like, man, I she's I don't want to be involved in this situation. And she was like, you know, I don't want to be an ageist either. But yeah. she's pretty old. She was on the yeah. older side. She was this, like that scene is not delivering the impact it thinks it's delivering. Like yeah, that like, scene it's supposed to be like, can you imagine? And it's more like, oh God, hmm, hmm, this is. I'm out. I don't want to deal with Gecko at this point anymore. Mm. Uh, but I did like it. I did like it. Um, it was the whole aesthetic of it. I really liked the, like we said, the the mm. the, the very surface level luxury of it all, uh, mm. but also just <laughs> the analogness of the era. Like working at an office. I mean, they had computer screens, the old green and black things. Yeah. Um, I found like the level of paper really stressful. Like, I don't know what a day in life. Like, how do, I don't understand how they did their jobs back then. Just like, it's so, it's so analog that, like, how mm. do you even, if you fill out a form wrong, do you just accidentally lose a million dollars? It seems so fucking crazy and stressful. But, but, but part of that, which I liked, which it, it is that they're not just, I don't know, they have meetings and they go for a walk. They go play squash and sit oh, in steam rooms. Squash. And <laughs> you know? That, you play squash well, that, much? The briefcase. The brief, I, I think I want to get a briefcase that's like hard shell, you know? Like of a, course. a boxy briefcase. Uh, no, I don't play squash. I've, I, I've, I've attempted a few times. I think at some point I was a member of a gym that had a squash court and we tried. But uh, I, love, I love it. I love the idea of it. I'm not mm. very good at it, but I would totally be down to like play squash with somebody. If anyone's in New York mm. wants to play squash with me, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> it is a high powered, feels like a, a very elite game, elitist game. Yeah, because it's the kind of game where if you know what you're doing, it's not that tiring. And if you don't know what you're doing, it's the most exhausting form of cardio you can do. Are you a squashman? I've, no, I've squashed, but I, yeah. I couldn't call myself a squashman. It's been a while. Yeah, I don't think that my forty-year-old um, knees uh, would be up for it. Right, I don't think it's great on the joints. The You've got a forty-year-old niece, but um, <laughs> two of them. Uh, did you like this movie? Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, it was interesting that it, it, it's in it's interesting the way Oliver Stone dealt with the subject matter. Yeah, in hindsight. Um, yeah, yeah. Especially as the voice of Scarface, as in the writer, like it's quite. It seems quite tame. Yeah, it feels like you could have got. They could have dialed up the getting lost in that world more. Daryl Hannah sucked. As the character or as in acting in it? Uh, she was, the character was a jerk. Well, it's – yeah, I think I – think Apparently there were issues there. There was from script issues from Daryl. She, um, <laughs> she got a Razzie. So this is the only film that's won oh, really? an Oscar and a Razzie apparently or ah, at the time was. That's interesting. Yeah, because he Gecko, won – Michael Douglas he won, won Best, Best Actor. Actor. That's crazy. And she won the Razzie. And apparently, and you probably read this too because it's on the wiki, mm. um, Sean Young, who plays his wife, um, who we know from other things like Blade Runner. She's Einhorn and Finkel. Finkel and Einhorn. Um, yeah. Every time I see her in something, I, I'm like, oh, wow, that, she really did a lot more than Ace Ventura. <laughs> yeah, she's she's good. So she apparently wanted that role and – and let Stone know. And apparently everyone was like, man, why is Daryl Hannah in this role? And in, in he was like, yeah, in hindsight I should have dropped her because yeah. she wasn't into it. The character was apparently against all her moral. She's quite a um, – well, she's quite different to this character apparently, so much so that she couldn't – she didn't like being this character. Yeah. And everyone knew it, including Daryl. It's so funny though. Like isn't that the whole point? Like that's the – wouldn't that be the fun part of acting? Because you're not in. Indo- she's meant to be a character you don't like, so it's, it's not like saying, uh-huh. "Hey, girls watching this, little children yeah, grow up not, to be it, like yeah, this jerk." Just it's have not fun saying with it. that. It's saying, "Don't be like this." Yeah, it's act- acting. Yeah, I mean, any villain, any villain is a bad person. Very, oh, I just don't agree with point. the morals and of like, the villain. <laughs> she was just materialistic. Who cares? It's like, so what's an act- it's a character. Yeah, really yeah. weird. So she, yeah, apparently butted heads with. Um, Stone on it quite immensely, more than anyone. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, she she was, she, I don't know, if she was the sort of character that was meant to be representing that excess and such, job not done. Yeah. Side note, uh, we're using our old pod gear and I can't hear myself through my mic. And so I feel like I'm not talking naturally. So if I'm talking weird, that's why. Now back to the show. Bud Fox. What do you make of Bud Fox in this one? Buddy Fox. So that's interesting, right? So apparently Stone liked the stiffness of Sheen's acting, thought it would work well, which reminded me of how I remember um, David Fincher liked Ben Affleck's wooden acting to play the guy where you don't know if he murdered his wife or not. Like the Mm. (laughs) – and it made me think about how what a good way of casting – a character where you, where you pull on their well, this one is not so much their real world real world persona, but at least you, you sometimes the weaknesses in the acting can be strengths in a certain role. Yeah, mm. and, and I, I I I dig that for this, like because Bud is naive. That's the he's you know he's this guy that sort of wants all this stuff but doesn't really know what it is, and yeah, that it works. I think it works. It works. It, it also made me think about Jared Leto. 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 The toe. <laughs> he's in a he's in a new TV series coming about the creator of WeWork. 
Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like Jared Leto typically because he, you know, he insists upon himself somewhat. Mm-hmm. But the founder of WeWork insists upon himself many watts. So it's actually kind of perfect casting. Like the guy with this aura of self-importance playing a guy with an aura of self-importance is like kind of genius. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I like this approach to, to casting. And his dad, playing his dad, mm. I mean, come on. He was so good in it. His dad playing, and I, like it felt, it was a bit of life imitating art. In Yeah, probably. Kind of, because surely... Martin Sheen they had chats like that has had point. some chats with with Charlie <laughs> over the years, you would think. Yeah, and and Martin, I mean, I, I guess to be fair, I haven't seen a lot of young Martin Sheen, but it felt like quite a different character for him. Like he felt all gruff, and his voice seemed a lot more, you know, uh, I'm a I'm a blue collar, you know. It, it seemed quite different for him. Mm. And I I don't know. It felt like unexpected and delightful. That was my response mm, to, to him good. in this film. He was very good, very good. Um, and Michael Douglas was good. And it was, it was interesting. Apparently people were telling Oliver Stone not to cast Michael Douglas mm. and that, you know, don't cast him. He's not an actor. He's a producer, which made me think, shit, is Michael Douglas the Kanye West of acting? Oh, go on. Because Kanye West for the longest time, no one would let him rap. Because he was just the producer, mm, and, and, and you know, if you watch the genius thing on uh, Netflix, like the whole—I haven't seen it yet either. I'm taking a break from Kanye. Yeah, he decides I, to fucking stop being a dickhead. <laughs> um, <laughs> I could be waiting a while. Kanye but, right now. Yeah, I don't need a vanity project from Kanye right this second. Mm. Um, <laughs> but I believe, especially in the early parts, you see like he's really trying to pitch himself as a rapper, and they're like, "Yeah, that's cute." Um, yeah. So have you made a beat for me yet? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the that's the story as I understand it. Yeah, and so Michael Douglas had the same thing. He just made beats. He just made, yeah, exactly. He made beats like one flew over the cuckoo's nest. This Another. one's fire. <laughs> um, Finishing my drink. Hey, uh, what, one thing that's fun about doing our podcast that I think we overlook too much is technology. The time capsule mm, yes. technology. Yes. And this film, his little portable TV, that was something. You know, I uh, I entered a competition in the 90s, early 90s, run by Milo, oh, the yeah? lovely drink Milo. Mm, love Milo. Where you could win a little TV, a bit like oh. that, like not, not far off that. And I won. I won it. I think I remember that. It, that yeah. well, I mean, when you said that, it sounded, you know, I got. The, Do you want to win one of five hundred Milo mini TVs? Man, I entered all that shit. Yeah, I entered all that shit. I got a Milo yo-yo as well. Yeah, I think I got um, the yo-yo. The yeah, I won the TV. And it was congratulations, cool, man. especially at that age. You know, we didn't have smartphones then. The screen was probably not much bigger than that, and the whole unit was like the same. And like the luxury, you tune it like a radio. You'd slide the thing across. Wow. And to be able to watch TV, like Audibly. in bed or whatever, I think I sold it to someone at school eventually. For like a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was awesome, man. It was so good. That's amazing. Like that was the height of, that was the peak. That was, if you watched that in 1987, you'd be like, whoa, this yeah. guy has everything. Even Sushi maker. <laughs> let's just double down on the sushi maker. <laughs> yeah. So they've got these scenes that are, like, it's very observant of you. They are like a, a Viennetta ad and they've got this 
they're making dinner in the kitchen when he's sort of fl- high flying and he has a little nigiri maker where you put the rice on the top and you p- turn the wheel and and out I comes a little nice that. rectangle piece of rice. But I guess you just do this though. You just put your hands together like that and then you got a nigiri. Yeah, well, this one does that for you. That's the easiest one to make. He probably had one of those fucking shaved ice makers too. You know, it comes out of the polar bear's stomach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you put the flavoring in for your, yeah. for your slushy. A little popcorn maker and a little pie maker. <laughs> man, sweet dinner parties, man. Sweet dinner parties. Sweet if you got an invite to Bud Fox's, you know you're in for some delicious pasta. Homemade. You're in for, it's like a buffet at a hotel. You've got crossing cuisines. You're going around the globe from Italy yeah. to Japan and back. Oh, it's fusion, early fusion. Fusion, yeah, he was on the Fusion uh, wagon early. Although I was saying to someone at work, watching this movie reminded me of other movies we've watched where it's come up too that sushi really hasn't been around that long in the Western world. Like it was very, uh, ew, su- raw fish, are you kidding me? There was a lot of movies where that's a lot of sniffing of the attitude. Before. Even in like mid-90s, there's, there's like a lot of that. Yeah, crazy. Um, a couple of interesting little nuggets I noticed. Oh, yeah? is Michael Douglas, um, the actor slash producer of many films. He, uh, he said, you know, I guess in part of his rationale for why he approaches things the way he does, he said brokers can't beat the S&P 500, which is true. And I guess the response to that these days, and again, I'm speaking about something I don't know a ton about, is like a lot of people buy these index funds now, which is based off that exact observation. Mm-hmm. Like, you, if you're manually chasing gains, you're, you're not going to, you can't just beat the average of the market. So, why don't you just buy the average of the market? Which is sort of the modern way of in investing. Maybe it's not the modern way. Maybe people, people always did it, but it's, it's the way we invest now in our household. Yeah. And, it's, and it's, uh, it's the whole, I think it's Warren Buffett's thing as well, he talks about. Warren Beatty or Warren Buffett? I mean, the Warrens are a known duo about town. Well, yeah, it's Berkshire Beatty, right? A... <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I, I guess I don't know to what extent people were buying index funds in the eighties, but if if they were all, if that was the sentiment at the time that you can't beat the S and P five hundred, why not respond appropriately? Um, and actually, speaking of, you know how he's obviously cheating the system and all that kind of shit. I thought it was interesting mm-hmm. in the last couple of years how we've seen sort of the democratization of uh, of Wall Street and, you know, it used to be for a select few like the Gordon Geckos of the world to really reap the benefits of. But now you've got things like Reddit and you've got the subreddit Wall Street bets and you've got that shit that happened last year with GameStop and um, and AMC. Were you across that, all that, all those shenanigans? Uh, go tell, Do tell. So basically, Wall Street Bets is a subreddit on Reddit, uh, which is where people, average Joes who invest, kind of share uh, advices and things. Uh, but being Reddit, you know, it's a little bit of, uh, there's a little tongue-in-cheek flavor to it all as well. It's a bit of a, you know, they're not afraid of a good Wall Street meme. Okay. And um, <clears throat> there's a guy on there, I forget his name, but he seems to be pretty influential in the group. And um, Warren is his name Warren <laughs> Warren B. And um, <laughs> and, could be two uh, people. Basically, GameStop, which is a video game store. In the oh, US, the Robin Hood was, thing. 
yeah, it was tanking. It was tanking. And um, the the Redditors decided, A, being Redditors, there's a, you know, the Venn diagram of people on Reddit and people, people who play video games. <laughs> they, they love GameStop. And so the depending who you ask, the way it kind of went down was either let's save GameStop because we love GameStop or it's they believe in GameStop, uh, it's good stock, buy it, it's good stock. And it created this whole loophole of is that okay? Like orchestrating something in a large group online to mm, is that manipulating the market? Value. Yeah, Yeah, is that manipulating the value? You know, we just said before the way Elon Musk can make a joke on SNL and manipulate the value of Dogecoin. Like, you know, what's the what's the difference there? And um, there was this great that, – that guy that I mentioned that was one of the key figures in making that happen, you know, they, they went to court or whatever the – some kind of tribunal of some sort mm. to get to the bottom of whether this was okay or not. And he was a legend throughout. He, he was like – sliding in little he was very straight-faced and respectful in these proceedings but would slip in little references that redditors knew like in relation to you know different memes and things yeah, and just, yeah. <laughs> just being a legend and he he just would not he kept saying it's good stock i bought it because it's good stock and that just became like a he's real legend mm. he wears a bandana a lot and like he's a pretty funny guy but anyway long story short it's just fascinating where you know you, the Gordon, Gordon Gecko is a fictional character, but you, Jordan Belfort, there's lots of them out there, mm. and they've been they've been ripping us off for years, and now that your average Joe six pack has a chance at actually winning, it's like hold on a second, yeah, it's almost like Wall Street Two should have been something along those lines. So, you know, make it about what's the cultural trend now as it relates to the market. You know, a redditor a redditor brings down Gordon Gecko could be pretty. Yeah, that is, yeah, I like it. Would you say that's story by? Story by. Story I'd be by. into that. Yeah. I didn't. I watched the new one, um, but I didn't. I, sorry, I watched half of the new one. I have seen it before. Okay, but it's. Um, is it just the same thing again? Yeah, kinda. Like a young guy gets tempted by the New York dream. Yeah, yeah. It's a, and it's a bit confusing about where he's because he's not quite. He's he's investing in renewables. So he's like, yeah, he's a good guy. But then he's quite clear, like, uh-huh. no, I'm just doing it to make money. And then you're like, well, okay. Right. Yeah, I don't know, man. Mm. Let's do the New York test. Yeah. Hey, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. All right. So this New York test, uh, I call it a test, but it's not really evaluating anything. It's just a chance <laughs> to see <laughs> to see what kind of New York angles this movie has. To say some words. I'll say some words. The first few words are, is it really shot in New York? I believe yes, but there are a lot of interior shots which may very likely be sets. Mm. So maybe not as much as you know last week's movie, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Mm, but definitely not. I guess for the most part, yes, it's shot there. Mm. Um, the next one, coverage. So how much how much of New York are we seeing? I'd say this one's it's pretty light. Yeah, pretty light, very light. A lot of boardrooms. A lot of boardrooms. A lot of New York esque. Visuals, but not necessarily. You know, I don't see many landmarks. Mm, no. Nah. Kind of um, is it inextricably linked to the plot? Absolutely, it is. Absolutely, it is. It's and you know, is the name on the tin? Yeah, it's Wall Street, baby. It's Wall Street. Mm, mm, yeah. Do they ride a yellow taxi? No, not really. That kind of movie. There's no. They're not catching shit like that, are they? They're catching limousines with limousines. prostitutes in them. 
Yeah. yeah. And along the same along the same lines, do they eat a hot dog? Not so much. Oh man, we don't even get any street toughs. There's no street toughs in this movie. No. I want Missed a multiracial group of street toughs. Yeah. With some bandanas. And then finally, is there an iconic New Yorker cameo? No. And that feels like a real missed opportunity, doesn't it? Yeah. Unless unless there's cameos from actual stockbrokers that I w- that we wouldn't know. There could have been. I think overall, like I guess this test is to give us a sense of what kind of New York movie this is. And I I really feel like there's so much in common between this movie, Cocktail, and Devil's Advocate that I think is maybe this this subgenre where, you know, would you say New York is a main character in the film? Yes. And it's almost the antagonist. You know, like New York and mm, mm. you know, not quite Sin City, but it's like New York it'll, can can take it down the wrong path. It'll eat you up. It'll eat you up and spit mm, you yeah. out. And, you know. <clears throat> That's astute. Um, Give yourself an astute for yeah. that. Yeah, uh, thank you. It's very astute on your yeah, part. You hold on to that one. Yeah. So, I, I, so I think there's maybe I'd love to do this as we go through all our New York movies. Like, what is is there a subgenre that this could be a part of? And so this one is maybe like a be careful what you wish for in New York. Beware. Kind of beware. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yes. Should we get into the verdict? I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Huh? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. Man, for me, this is definitely a rewatch. I dug it. It's a good time. It's got a got a bit of everything. You know, we categorize these things sometimes into is it a time capsule, is it a this or is it that? It's a bit of a time capsule, but it's yeah. also a fun ride. Um, it's a bit more, it's not as depressing as I thought it might be. Like I could rewatch this pretty easily because everything turns out pretty okay in the end. Like it's not a stressful watch really. Mm. Um, a bit more of a moral to the story. I guess the only, like, the movie is almost ruined by uh, Charlie Sheen attempting to cry at the end. That was <laughs> probably the worst crying I've ever seen on screen. Yeah, that's a good point. But despite that, I'd say I'd say a rewatch. How about, mm. how about you, Greg? Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, pretty astute. Uh, mm. it, it's, it's a very digestible film. It's got some great performances. Uh, yeah, I like it. Uh, I think as a time capsule alone, it's great. Like I was frothing... Watching those, you know, those aforementioned Nigiri scenes, and the date we didn't talk about the decor, but like he, when he makes it, he gets Daryl Hannah in to come in and like interior decorate basically, and yeah. she's like putting up wallpaper that's like exposed brick wallpaper, yeah, and like yeah. and like oh it's it's horrendous, it's horrendous. Maybe that's intentional too, like the veneer of luxury, like it's not real Ooh. luxury. Ooh. I don't know. Is it? Uh, oh, Maybe you're yeah. giving him too much credit. I mean, we're Oliver Stone. Maybe we like Oliver Stone. Oh, big time. But I just thought it was maybe the style at the time. It's just. And yeah, it probably was. Um, like Lino and yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh it's you? horrific. Maybe you're right. I don't know. Fuck, I didn't get a chance to see if Simpsons did it or not. Did you? Oh, I didn't look actually. They probably, I'm sure there's visual gags. I don't know. Plot wise, I don't think they've done an episode. Mm. Um, or maybe close to like when Homer gets hair, like there's that, but not really. It's not really a Wall Street thing. 
Mm. It is a bit of a be careful what you wish for scenario. It's true. Um, and I'm Googling Wall Street porn parody as we speak just to see what comes up. Um, not for fun. I do this for the job. Wall Street. Wall Street would be good. The whore of Wall Street. Oh, they're all based on Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, mm. I should also close this because someone's probably looking through my window wondering what I'm doing. Well, they know. Um, porn parody, no, it seems. Bechdel test, <laughs> really no. But I think that's kind of the point too. Mm. Uh, but there is that one scene where he gets promoted and the boss is like, and you, you get a better looking secretary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, FX test, not really that kind of movie. Um, MVP, I, I gave it to Martin Sheen. Oh, yeah. How about you? Oh, I probably gave it to Gecko. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, you're not the only one that thinks that he won yeah, the Oscar. I'll just, I'll just go with the Academy. I'll go with the Academy on this one. <laughs> yeah. Recasties? I only had, I did have Tom Cruise in there. Yeah. Um, For the time. Fuck, did I have another one? I wanted to put Will Smith in something recently and now I can't remember what. Was it this? <laughs> A young Will Maybe. Smith, I thought, could be good in a movie like this. Yeah, yeah, but, um, I see that. But yeah, otherwise, not really. Did you? I had a couple. Um, some are more obvious than others. I thought Josh Brolin was good as like the modern gecko. Like I thought that sort of made sense. They used him for the new one. Ah, uh, right. Um, yeah. McConaughey. I thought McConaughey could do that. Even he had he had that character. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Him or Javier Bardem or like Benicio del Toro could be cool in, in that type yeah. of And then I thought, oh, what about Aziz Ansari as Bud Fox? Oh, yeah, that's cool. And then you could have his dad as his dad because his dad is his dad in other things. Oh, and, from Master of None. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be good. His dad is good in that show. Yeah. yeah so I thought the, the Ansari family could, could pop up. I, I dig it. I'm into it. He's due for it, it for something. Uh, what are we doing next week? I think we might be hitting something darker next week, perhaps. Goodyear? Should we just make the Taxi call? driver? We, Is it taxi driver? We, let's do, I don't know if we had a running order. I can't remember now. But let's do taxi driver. Oh, oh, hey, oh, whoa. The scum, oh, the bomb. Getting, this we're is getting the, dark and gritty. We're yeah. hitting the bottom of the pool at this point. Ah. We'll come up for some air soon. This is a man that stood up. The scum, <laughs> the bombs, the scum, the filth. Yeah. The whores, the shit, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. And all, and all the rest. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. And what are you doing tonight? Are you, are, you, are you hitting the New York town? Here we are. We're going for pasta. Oh. We've been catching up with a lot of old friends because obviously we haven't lived here for five years. But mm. tonight it's just the two of us. Oh, that's nice. A little date night. Going back to our favorite pasta joint. Oh, what are you going to have? Uh, I'm going to have... Spicy rigatoni? Papadelli el polo. No, poli? Polo. How do you say chicken in... Uh, Pollo. Oh no, that's Spanish. No, that's Spanish. Um, they do it there. It's all know. handmade pasta. It's good stuff. Papa Deli. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, good, good, good. I ate two pizzas last night. I'm still full. Fucking yeah, that's how it's done, son. Well, all you right, enjoy we'll see you next week, gang. Enjoy it. Yeah, we'll see you next week for Taxi Driver Man. Woo! Taxi Driver Man, I think was the working title. Yeah, Taxi Driver Man. Taxi Driver Man. <laughs> oh, I like it. Bye. Bye.